guys, it's Mike Deeth and Emery Kittle. You are back for another episode of the 12 Minute Dog Podcast. We promise that the basic part of the podcast will never be any longer than 12 minutes. You might get a rant or two from us, a trainer's tip, nutritional nugget, but uh, the main topic will only be 12 minutes. And today's main topic is going to be the dirty tricks of the pet food industry. And we don't want to be mean to the pet food industry. I think you're going to notice if you know anything about marketing, some of the things we're going to be talking about are done across a lot of different industries. And I think we find a lot of these tricks being used by the really, really large manufacturers. So with that being said, I'm going to click our little timer of 12 minutes and we are going to go ahead and get started. Keep in mind, we do already have a podcast on the importance of a meat-based diet with dog food. But when Emory and I started talking after that podcast, that's when a lot of these little tricks started coming up and we thought it would be a good idea to circle back and kind of cover them again. So I think the first one Emory's going to talk about is the possibility of how um, companies will get meat to the number one ingredient or that first, uh, you know, coveted spot. Sure. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. Good, good. Yep, we did talk about uh, real meat as a number one ingredient in the last one. Basically, if the first ingredient is just chicken or beef or lamb, it's really not the first ingredient. Go back and listen to the other podcast or reach out to us and we can explain all that. But the next one that's, that's really important is called ingredient splitting. And that is where you have multiple versions of the same ingredient. So, for instance, it'll say corn and then corn bran. And it'll say ground corn, different things like that. Corn gluten. Corn gluten's a big one. Yep. And so those, if it's there's multiple versions of that, when you add them together, it's going to be your main ingredient. So they split it up to where they can get a 2%, a 3%, a 4%, a 5%. But if you put it all together, then it would be number one. Whereas if they put it all in small little increments, we can shove meat all the way to the number one. That's right. It makes it look a lot better than what it really is. So, so yeah. And, and what are some of the reasons? I know one of the big things for me is when people tell me, you know, uh, their dog has allergic issues, mm-hmm. is that a vet will tell them to go to a unique protein. But I always hear the thing about wheat and corn. What's mm-hmm. wrong with wheat and corn? Okay, well, basically corn, wheat, and soy are fillers. Right. So wheat, um, it has gluten in it, which causes a lot of problems for a lot of people. Right. Same thing with dogs. It just causes, you know, um, irritation, inflammation, issues like that, loose stool. Corn's the same way, but corn has a unique thing where actually aflatoxin can grow on it. So above just being hard to digest, it can actually be deadly if you get... um, the aflatoxin growing on it, which which is um, one of the reasons for a lot of the recalls out there over, over time. And, and when you say that, I'm going to assume with the way that word sounds that this would be like mold. Yep. It's or or mold. some kind of something that would grow on old nasty corn that didn't get used <laughs> fast enough in the process. Right, okay. right. So the basic idea of ingredient splitting is that we are going to be able to take a big chunk of the dog food, split it up into little bitty percentages so that it goes to the back of the list, not front of the list. Mm -hmm. Yep. And in fact, um, there's a lot of pet foods out there that claim real meat is a number one ingredient, and it's not even a meat-based diet. It won't even be 50% of the food. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want a meat-based diet and you want to make sure that you have the accurate first ingredient... 
add things together, look at them. And, and I, I don't want to come across as saying that this is something that just happens in dog food. Um, it happens in people food, too. They, they will do the exact same thing to get certain ingredients to the front of the list. Mm, I'm sure it does. So, um, what's the next thing we want to talk about? Sure. Um, and one little thing, this is oh. a little interesting tidbit. Um, when you find, if you find salt in pet food, a lot of pet food has salt in yep. it. Anything past that is going to be so tiny, so little, that it's really not going to add anything. But, you know, it's like vitamins after that. It's like a little bit of herbs, things like that. So anything past salt, if your meat is past salt, that's pretty crazy. And when you say salt, what are they going to call that on the actual ingredient list? Typically salt. They won't say like sodium... Sodium chloride or, yeah, something, or like something like that. They sometimes have that and salt, but okay. typically it's just... And again, that would be an example of splitting the ingredients, probably. Right. Okay. Yep. Okay, the next one is if it says either recipe, dinner, or formula, that can be as, um, it has to be at 25%, but it, it can be as little as 25%. And if you know anything about pet food, it people won't put in more than they need to typically. There's very few pet food companies out there that if they say, okay, if you put dinner on the can, they're going to have 25% of whatever it is. So if it says chicken dinner, then it's probably going to be 25% chicken in that. If it says recipe or formula, it's the same thing. So is there a word we want to look for in the title? You know, anything, there's a, the ones that you'd want to look for to be concerned about, and the two main ones are with yeah, and then flavor. If it says with chicken, uh-huh. that can be as little as 3% of all the ingredients, which is crazy, right? But here's the other thing. If it says flavor, it can be as little as zero. If it says chicken flavor, it doesn't even have to be really chicken. Um, in fact, I'll have you uh, read this. Yeah, this this kind of blew my mind. This is this is a statement from the FDA, um, and this is what they have to say about natural flavors. With respect to flavors, pet food often contain digests, which are materials treated with heat, enzyme, and or acids to form a concentrated natural flavor. Only a small percent of a chicken digest is needed to produce a chicken-flavored cat food, even though no actual chicken is added to the food. And that's just gibbly-gook that means we can call it chicken without having chicken in it. Yeah, it, it can even be synthetic. So you can make something that tastes like chicken. Right. Put it in there, and we'll call it with. We'll call it chicken flavored. Okay, so is it safe to say that a lot of the things they can do to dog food, they could never do to people food? Oh yeah, it's very, very safe to say. A lot of things wouldn't pass. In fact, most of uh, most of the large companies out there, um, they use all of the byproducts. They use things that uh, basically waste products. A lot of it. Um, you no, know, there will there will be some chicken in there. There will be some meat in there. But um, I don't want to say all pet food companies, but they will use the waste products of the industries of farming and of slaughterhouses to put into pet food. Okay, so like way back when, when I started training, I worked at a big box retailer and we would get training on dog food from time to time. And let's see if I get this right. You have, somebody will say deboned chicken Mm -hmm. compared to chicken meal Mm -hmm. compared to chicken byproduct. Mm -hmm. And those are all very three different things. They are. Yep. So is that something that we want to kind of maybe cover that, you know, I, I think the more education, if somebody flips the label and goes, well, deboned chicken, that would probably be the best. Right? In theory. In yes. theory. In, in it, it's great. It's a great product. Yeah. That's raw meat. Yeah. Um, the only thing is there's a lot of moisture weight in it. So right. if it says deboned chicken as a first ingredient, once it's cooked, which all dry food is cooked. Right. 
um, it will lose 70 to 80% of its moisture Boy. weight. So it's really not the first ingredient. It's a sixth, seventh, or eighth. Right. Um, chicken meal is, if it says chicken meal, if it says meat meal, I would steer clear of that. Okay. That could be any of the four Ds, which you've probably heard of. That's dead, disabled, um, damaged, or diseased. So those are the four Ds. Okay. So that could be roadkill even. Yeah. They put that in some pet foods. Right. So, but yes, um, and then, um, so chicken meal is nothing more than basically uh, meat with the moisture removed uh-huh. and then ground up. Okay. And what would a byproduct be? The byproduct is going to be anything left over beaks. of the carcass. It can't feet. be feathers um, and it can't be beaks or I believe feet, but it okay. can be anything else. Okay. So it can be any okay. other part, just kind of ground up in a slurry and thrown in there. Okay. So, um, I know that for me, one of the things I learned, because before I was a dog trainer, I worked in the automotive field, and you have ethylene glycol, which is green antifreeze, which is definitely poisonous to a dog. Mm-hmm. Well, they came out with propylene glycol, mm-hmm. which is the safe antifreeze, which I had no idea until I became a dog trainer that a lot of soft treats use as a softening agent mm-hmm. in the treat process. Yep. And it's like, well, that obviously they wouldn't let the FDA, the FDA wouldn't let them use that in human food, but we're putting it in some really cleverly, you know, packaged dog treats that once you read the ingredients, you'd probably never use again. Right. That um, kind of goes along with one of the um, dirty tricks of the pet food industry, which is coloring yeah. and flavoring. Um, they, they put things in foods that aren't good for pets. Yeah. Like they do it. What was the big one that blew me away was oh iron oxide, which is rust. It's rust. They <laughs> put rust in as a colorant, which is probably better than like red number forty or yeah, or you the, know, you know. blue, yeah, <laughs> whatever some of the other ones. Okay, but uh, yes, yeah, so colorings aren't great, right? That's right. dogs are colorblind. So what's that going to do for a pet? Nothing. It makes us feel better, right? Well, I also remember when all the chicken jerky was being um, recalled. That one of the people I talked to said. Look, if you're going to buy beef jerky or chicken jerky, it's not supposed to look like a piece of pumpkin. So if it's super orange, right, that's probably colored. You know, think about what a strip of chicken that is made into jerky would look like. Mm-hmm. That's what you... They try to make things look good for us. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's all about the consumer. And if they can get one more person to put that in their cart, they're going to do it. Absolutely. To the detriment of their pets, unfortunately. So. Well, I guess connected to color... Mm-hmm. The, the images that they put on bags are also a little bit uh, goofy. Take a minute and tell us about the... The, the bag imagery? The, yeah, the, sure. the images. <laughs> That's another thing. When you look at a lot of pet food bags, you, you feel good about it because you see it. You see a big chunk of meat. You see all these vegetables. And you think, oh, wow, that must be what's in the pet food because it's on the bag, right? Well, a lot of times, very few, if any, of those ingredients are in there. And if they are, they're in such small... Um, uh, amounts that it doesn't really amount up to anything like what the images are in the bag. So, so I guess what you're trying to say is the back of the bag with the ingredient labels way more important than what the marketing department put on the front of the bag to get absolutely. your attention. That's a great way to say it. Yep, the back of the bag is far more important than the front. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we go forward, you know, what if you were going to give somebody like a top three or a top five thing? If they want to run to their cat, their pantry right now and look at their dog food, mm-hmm. what would you tell them to go look for? Okay, I would make sure that there is a named meat meal in the first um, or second ingredient. If there the first ingredient is like a raw one, like chicken or or beef or pork, 
make sure the very next one is uh, like beef or pork or chicken meal. Right. And uh, that way, at least together, they're going to be close. Right. We can combine those two numbers. Right. Um, and then also make sure there's no uh, corn, wheat, or soy. Soy okay. is actually um, a phytoestrogen, and it can cause a lot of health issues in pets. Okay. And that's not spoken about enough. Um, and then definitely no um, no byproducts and no none of the um, colorings. Okay. So I'd be cautious of any kind of, of red dyes or yellow or blue. Okay. So, Do you have a preference on protein type? Um, any named meat protein is fine. Okay. And dogs and dogs and cats can do great on any kind of um, animal. Okay. As just as far as make sure that there's enough of it. It really should be a meat based diet. Okay. And it's funny. Get two, one, zero. There's our timer. Uh, I'm kind of shocked that we were good enough to uh, nail that one down as, as good as we did. Um, uh, do you have an idea what your nutritional nugget this round is going to be? What you're going to talk about a little later? I haven't even thought about it yet. Let me okay. Think about it. Well, then it's a surprise. So just hang through the commercials, and you'll you'll get Emory's nutritional nugget. I know that from a trainer's tip, I'm going to talk about is stress a good thing or a bad thing in training. So with that, we're going to end our little 12-minute podcast. There'll be some commercials from our sponsors. Um, love them up as always, and we will move on to our nutritional nugget and our uh, trainer's tip. And um, we haven't got a topic for next time, but I guarantee if you show up, uh, it'll be it'll be educational. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. And we'll see you guys later. Let's take a minute to meet our sponsors. If you love the topics you've been listening to, remember, Mike has written tons of books on dog training and all are available on Amazon.com. Just search the name Mike Deeth, D-E-A-T-H-E. They are available in audio, ebook, and print. And now back to the podcast. Hey guys, it's Mike with Kiss Dog Training and I'm back with the trainer's tip. Uh, This one comes from one of my clients and they had read a blog post somewhere on the internet. You know everything you read on the internet is absolutely true. Um, They asked, is stress a good thing or a bad thing in dog training? And I guess the the appropriate answer is it's both. Um, If you think back to high school, um, waiting till the last minute to do a paper and then writing the paper and getting it done and doing it that was productive stress that created a need to get something done. Um, I wouldn't recommend cramming for every single paper you tried to do in, uh, in, in high school or college. I think I was probably the example of somebody who did that, but I needed that stress to kind of jump in and get the juices flowing and get things going. That is a totally different scenario than when you're working with your dog and you're creating stress via training. And I think in this kind of conversation, stress is synonymous or means the same thing as frustration. So I think sometimes when owners get frustrated, the dog picks up your body language, it picks up your tone, um, and all of a sudden the dog knows you're not happy anymore and you're frustrated and training then becomes not fun. And when you're frustrated, sometimes we do things that we're not proud of the next day. Uh, We'll physically touch the dog, we'll use shock, shock, shock collars, we'll use choke chains, prong collars, and all those quick fixes are usually built out of frustration. So if you find yourself in that world of you think dog training is stressful or frustrating, 
you need to lower your criterion and get to a point where it's easy to do and then start building from there. Um, think of it in, with the idea of shaping. I'll take something really simple, but it's nowhere near what I want it to be, and I'll work the dog for a week, and then I'll turn the screw a little bit, and I'll say, that's not good enough. you got to give me a little bit more, and then maybe that third week, I'll tighten it down a little bit more. And it might take me three or four months to get to a 30-second stay at six feet sitting down in a chair and standing up so that I've added all three Ds, duration, distance, and distraction. Um, so... You know, make it easy on the dog and have fun with dog training. Stress is okay. I mean, you can jump in and be stressed out and go, i got to work on something. But when stress becomes frustration, that's when I think we make bad choices in dog training. So a really long answer to the short question of, is stress a good thing or a bad thing? Stress is good on the front end to get the ball rolling. But if you allow your stress to become frustration, I think you're going to find that you do things that you may not agree with after you turn back and look at it. There's a reason why the only dry food we carry is Nature Select. It's because we feel it is the healthiest, most nutritious pet food for your pet. After 27 years, it's never been recalled and has only gotten better with time. We love it and we know your pet will too. Free home delivery from your favorite local pet food supply. Hi guys, it's Emery with Nature Select and I'm here with the Nutritional Nugget. Today we're gonna to talk about this dirty ingredient in pet food called menadione. Menadione is a synthetic version of vitamin K and it is not good for your pet. So when you get home, if you're not there already, get your bag of food out, flip it over. It'll probably be about three-fourths of the way through the ingredient. If you see menadione, you've got to change pet foods. So what menadione is, it's a cheaper version of vitamin K. It's synthetic, and it's causing liver toxicity in pets. I've talked to many people who have been feeding a food with this, and they've said that they've had problems with their pet's liver. They're their enzymes are off. Some of them have had to put their dogs down because of, of liver failure, toxic liver failure. So please, please, please take a look at that. We've got lots of better options out there and there's no reason to go cheap on vitamins and minerals. In fact, if uh, you're interested in a new food, please check out Nature Select Pet Food because they don't use any of those cheaper versions of vitamins and minerals. In fact, the minerals and vitamins are absorbed 800% better than the other top tier vitamins in other pet foods. So that's my little plug for it. But anyway, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Please, if you have any questions or would like to uh, put in an idea for our nutritional nugget, reach out to me at emery, E-M-E-R-Y, at nskansascity.com. That's emery at n, like nature's, s, like select, kansascity.com. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you.